Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Good morning, rise and shine. You're on with the due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you last week? Uh, last week we started off. Shaking the Monday morning blues with the new time crew. And we talked about signs that you're dealing with a manipulative person in your relationship. Okay? Well, one of the first things we talked about is they make you feel guilty for everything. Yeah. They say manipulation always starts with guilt. They continue to you know, make you feel guilty about anything that happens. If it's not right, it's your fault. So be careful of that. One of the other things is they make you doubt yourself. Yeah, that's pretty common as well. You know, no matter how sure you are, no matter how confident you are in your abilities, they always make you wonder if, you're good enough if you're good at that, okay? Mm, all right, all right. One of the other things they uh, do <laughs> is they make you believe that you want what they want, yeah, despite the fact that you want to eat a cheeseburger and that cheeseburger is the thing that you've had your heart and mind set on. When you look around, wow, you want the steak. Yep. <laughs> you know, so listen, be careful. Be careful, be careful, be careful that you are not in a relationship where you're being manipulated. Okay? All right. Well, I'll switch to with Shanti. Came in on Monday morning as usual. And take the advice was the tip of the week. Now, I got to tell you, it always, it always puzzled me why you have to kind of encourage someone to take good advice. 
but bad advice, man, just take it and run with it and won't think twice. And, you know, it just goes to show you how we just have a propensity to do wrong. Yeah. Because when people give us good advice, we're not so receptive. No. And if you ever think about when you were a kid and your parents gave you advice and you didn't take it, and later on you said to yourself, I think I should have taken that advice. Oh, I wish I had taken that advice. Or had I taken that advice that mother gave me, I'd be better off. Yeah. Well, listen, let that be a lesson to you. Let that be a lesson to you. Don't let other times go by where you don't take the advice and then you end up pretty much regretting it. All right? So go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and make sure you take the advice. The disciple of the Lord will always be there. So you'll be able to, you know, figure out what's right and what's wrong. All right? All righty. Well, Tuesday. Let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day. Rolled around and we talked about the troops that were living in filthy conditions. They not only had to live in filthy conditions, they were bombarded by squatters, squatters, not squatters, squatters that were in the barracks because the windows and the doors had such poor Poor, poor locks on them. And now, can you imagine, you have to share the barracks, the filthy barracks at that, with people, and now they're trying to figure out where they're going to get the money from? Well, let me tell you where they get the money from. They are giving the money to the migrants. Yes. The migrants out in Texas are so desperate. They are actually crawling through, along with their children, by the way, crawling through circular barbed wire. Yes, circular barbed wire with all of the spikes sticking them in their flesh. And here's the thing. When they have pretty much made it, the cops, the police, they're called the police, that's the way they have them listed. The police are actually going over in boats to pick them up and bring them onto safe ground, listen to their stories, and decide whether they are going to stay here in the United States or whether they are going to be deported based on the story. Now, I'm sure that they don't have the best stories other other than, you know, the typical stories that they pretty much share. They don't have 
stories that are going to be mild. Let's put it like that. So I don't know what you're planning on hearing that's going to make you actually say, no, you have to go back. But, yeah, the police are the ones who are making that decision. Ooh, boy, was that a conversation for you. Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around, and the ladies were in the house, and we discussed our socially conscious stories with Vivian, and the mayor is seeking to amend the law, the right to shelter law. Now, that's going to be a pretty harsh law to bring back because that means that if you are not a New Yorker, you are not automatically entitled to housing. So now you've got over 100,000 people here. You can't now tell them no because you've allowed them to come here and believe it, that this was safe. So turning that law around at this point, is pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh. I mean, it, it would make sense, but you can't do it now. You needed to do it before it got to 100 plus thousand people. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to figure out how last week those people who were in those tents, how they managed. Because if we had flooding on the concrete, imagine what those, those mid-shifts places must have been like, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, we talked about quite a few things on the right today, so you're going to have to go back and listen to find out what else the socially conscious uh, items were. Okay? All right. Well, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. We talk about being up in the air. Ooh, and the problems you can potentially run into as you had a British airway pilot tell the story to a flight attendant that he had been sniffing cocaine and drinking booze hours before it was time to take that 11-hour flight on a double-decker airplane that could hold up to 500 people. Yeah. Well, he put that in the text. Told about his partying in a text to his co-worker, and thank God the co-worker told, and they tested him for drugs and alcohol, and it came up positive, and he no longer has a job. Well, you know what? You don't need a job because you had an opportunity, and I'm sure he was paid well. So if you decided that you were going to party instead, then, oh, well, deal with the consequences. That's what we talked about on Thursday, the dangers of traveling at the head of these just middle-well people who take life for granted. Yeah. Well, Friday, freestyle Friday rolled around, and the men were in the house, and they had their say, and I've decided that I'm going to send you back to listen to what they had to talk about. It was quite a music 
conversation. It was good, 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 good. And I invite you to go back and listen. Okay? Alrighty. Well, already, already, already. It is not only shaking the Monday morning blues, but it is October. Second, we are officially in the final quarter of the year. Yes, October, November, and December. And if God spares life, we will be entering 2024 before we can even blink. So, I hope you're ready because I don't know. I don't know what 2024 has to break, but 2023 has flowed by. All right, so before we get started, I do have some things that I want to talk about today that will definitely shake the Monday morning blues. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's the time when Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. Imagine your child's dreams never coming true just because you lived in the wrong state. You see, only some states require that every newborn be screened for up to 54 potentially fatal diseases. Others screen for as few as 17. Some kids win and some lose. Every day, more children are being disabled or dying, and we can stop it with universal newborn screening. Every newborn in every state tested for the same diseases. All it takes is one heel prick, one test, and we can give every child a shot at their dreams. I'm Jim Kelly, and I need your help. Call your state representatives today and urge them to support universal newborn screening. To learn more, visit huntershope.org. Universal Newborn Screening. Every child, every time, everywhere. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Shaking the Monday Morning Blues today. Yes. Ah, we had a fantastic weekend, a productive weekend, giving God thanks that he brought us safely through. And... I can be with you once again. So if you're all with me, I take it that you're doing well. And I'm giving God thanks for you being able to join me. I'm a little stuffy or some allergy or something. But boy, it's been a rough night. It's been breathing thing. So I need you to just bear with me a little bit. As I may need to take a pause on occasion. All right. 
Alrighty. I know you got me. I know you're holding me down, okay? Well, thank you. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Well, get that pen and paper out because we're talking about hearing loss signs that you can't ignore. Yeah. Here are some signs that you may be experiencing some hearing loss and maybe you didn't realize that these are signs of hearing loss, so that's why I want to make sure we talk about it today, okay? All righty. Well, they say sudden loss of hearing, especially in one ear, okay? They say most hearing loss is gradual, but if you rapidly go deaf in one ear, either suddenly or over a few days, make sure you call your doctor. They say sudden hearing loss is an inner ear disorder affecting about 66,000 Americans annually. And this must be treated within 10 to 14 days before your hearing loss becomes permanent. Okay? They say sometimes people notice a pop and then a second is gone. Others wake up hearing nothing from one ear. Or they say, again, you may experience gradually diminishing hearing loss over a day or two. All of those things, you need to make sure you get to your doctor. All right, come on. Make sure you get there. Okay? Ringing in your ears. Wow. Okay, they say ringing or other sounds in your ears, such as roaring, clicking, buzzing, or hissing. Let's do that again. Roaring, clicking, buzzing, or hissing is called tinnitus. And they say tinnitus can be a symptom of many different conditions, including ear infections, heart disease, and thyroid problems. But the chief cause is noise-induced hearing loss. Okay? They say tinnitus sometimes is the first sign for older people that their ability to hear is diminishing. Okay? So if you're experiencing tinnitus, get to your doctor. Here's one that I've heard for years. Trouble balancing. Yes. That one has been a big one for quite some time. They say if you notice that you're becoming clumsier, more and more, if you're experiencing vertigo, dizziness, or having just basic difficulty with your ability to balance, it might be your ears. Yes. Hearing and balance are linked to mic, I'm sorry, mechanisms within the inner ear. They say that they found that people with hearing loss were three times more likely to experience falls than those without hearing loss. Okay. So they say that 
if you're experiencing this, you should be evaluated whether the hearing gets corrected or not. Okay? Trouble hearing in groups. Now, this is a first. This is a first. I haven't heard this one before. So make sure you pay attention to this. Okay? Trouble hearing in groups. They say if you're chatting with one person, especially in a peaceful, quiet environment, you may not experience any difficult. But when you're trying to make conversation within a group of people, especially in louder um, venues such as a restaurant or a party, they say you may notice you have a lot of trouble grasping what people are saying. They say this problem is sometimes a part of hitting, hitting, I'm sorry, hearing loss because it's not always detected in standard hearing tests, okay? But it is a precursor to traditional hearing loss, all right? Feeling pain with certain sounds, wow. They say one sign of hearing loss is hearing other sounds more accurately, even to the point of pain. They say as your hearing diminishes overall, you may become more sensitive in one or both ears to certain specific sounds. And they call this hyperactivist. They say the sound you're sensitive to may seem excessively loud and create physical discomfort. All right? So if this hypoactivist is linked to inner ear hearing loss caused by loud noise exposure. All right? So if you're experiencing that, make sure you get to a doctor. Oh, here's one. Resorting to closed captioning more often. So they say, do you find if you find yourself constantly changing the volume and then kind of deferring to the closed captioning, then you need to start paying attention to that and get to your doctor. Okay, so they say you can pay attention to that by if you notice that it seems like the people on the TV, their talking sounds mumbly because we know that that's not correct. All right, they say withdrawing from conversation. They say that one early hearing loss sign is listening fatigue. Okay, they say you may find yourself getting extra tired after a day spent listening to customers or a night trying to avoid dinner banter, conversation. Okay, they say you may find it harder to understand what people are saying. Okay, well, check it out. Check it out and they can give you a test for that, okay? They can check your hearing. 
Well, one of the other things they say that if you're forgetful, if you're getting appointment times mixed up or you're picking up the wrong items in the store, if you're, for, if you're experiencing a lot of forgetfulness, that actually can be due to hearing loss. Okay? And they're saying because what's happening and you don't realize is you're not catching all of the information because you're actually going in and out of hearing. So you think that you're forgetting, but in actuality, you're not forgetting. Wow, isn't that something? Okay. So here's what they said. I want to make sure I get this to you. Hearing loss, they say, can cause cognitive problems. The brain needs auditory stimulation for proper functioning or you risk developing Alzheimer's disease or dementia. Wow. So they say this is one of the other reasons why if you're having any level of hearing issues, you need to make sure you get to the doctor because it can definitely stimulate some other problems, greater problems. So, wow. That's something to think about. Okay. All righty. So make sure. I want to run those by you again. They say hearing loss signs that if you're experiencing it, do not ignore and get to the doctor right away. Number one, sudden loss of hearing, especially in one ear. Two, ringing in your ears, three, trouble balancing, four, trouble hearing in groups, five, feeling pain with certain sounds, six, resorting to closed captioning more often, seven, withdrawing with, um, sorry, withdrawing from conversation and becoming more forgetful, and that is you're not really forgetting, you're not getting all of your information. So you're thinking you're forgetting, but you never got it to begin with. Isn't that something? Wow. 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 I had another little... I thought I did another little help tidbit, but I guess I left that one alone. Okay, so what are we talking about? Ah... Let's see. I've got a couple of quick stories. Oh, okay. Out in Yellowstone Park, they have this hot pool. Yes, out in Yellowstone National Park, they have the this hot pool. And they say that they have a video of what they call a tauron. And that's a tourist and a moron mixed. They say that he pretended to reach down into the hot pool and touch it. But before he could actually get there, he withdrew his hand. And they're saying, please do not try this. 
they say that what people don't understand is people have actually fallen into what they call the guises. They say it's happened several times. And they say that these geysers, these hot springs, can get as hot as 345 degrees, which is deadly for humans. They say in July of 22, one man was killed after venturing into Yellowstone Lakes west from Geyser Basin. There was no evidence that he had gone missing until a few weeks later when other individuals found a lone shoe floating around in the abyss pool hot spring. Oh, goodness gracious. That's pretty scary. They say another man was killed in 2016 after venturing 200 yards from the pork chop geyser they say his body was not able to be recovered, but some of his belongings were. And they say the National Park Service estimates that close to 20 people have died from accidentally falling into this hot area in Yellowstone. So, you know, he's pretending like he's going to, reach down, and you literally have to reach down into the one, at least this one, where he was. And he could have easily lost his balance. And what they're saying is, ain't no coming back from that. Nope. You go down in that, you have kissed life goodbye. All right? So they said, please do not push your luck. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. What else are we talking about? All right. Now, y'all ready for this one? Let me tell y'all something. You know, they always say when you're driving, you're not driving for yourself. Not only are you driving for yourself, you're driving for the other people on the road. Well, here's why. They have, in Slovakia, the police have fined the owner of a car after a speed camera showed that a dog was behind the wheel. Yes. They say that the vehicle was traveling pretty much over the speed limit they say 6.8 miles over the speed limit to be exact and it picked it up and when they reviewed it they showed a brown dog sitting obediently behind the wheel of this car and a 31 year old man who was, they say, actually driving the car, claimed that his dog suddenly leapt onto his lap, according to the police. They say, however, they say they don't show in the camera any sudden movement. 
of the car. So needless to say, you know, if uh, uh, the dog just, you know, leapt into the car that, you know, into the seat, rather, that he would have swerved, you know, even if it was a little bit. They didn't see any of that. So they said he was lying. So they find him. And not only that, they're showing a picture of this snapshot. And it looked like the dog was just sitting there. Yeah, just like it was a person. Just sitting there in the little spot driving the car. And we know the dog couldn't drive the car. But here's my thing. The way the the picture is taken, you don't see anything but the dog. So that says to me, you couldn't have seen what was in front of the windshield. So you were really taking your chances. So maybe he kind of peeped out that for maybe down this road, there would be, you know, there were no cars. There could be no cars coming. And he felt comfortable enough to put the dog behind the wheel. This man, don't I always say to you, we got to give God thanks for the times he takes care of us and we have no idea. This is the kind of stupid stuff people are doing. All righty. Now, for those of us who, you know, really consider, have considered traveling into deep, deep, deep countries such as Dubai, Ooh, one of our locals is experiencing or have, she has experienced something that is pretty traumatizing. So they say a 21-year-old college student from here in New York, she's been detained in Dubai after an airport staff person accused her of assaulting and insulting them. So here's how this goes. This Elizabeth Polanco de los Santos was traveling from Istanbul with a friend when this played out. So they had a 10-hour layover in Dubai. They chose Dubai. So either they could have had a layover in Paris or the layover in Dubai, and they chose Dubai. Well, they say that they thought that this would have been a more modern and futuristic city. They said as she went through the security screening, the airport employees told her she needed to take off her doctor-mandated waist training break. They said that Despite her hesitation, she agreed and was ushered into a booth with female security officers who were pretty rough as they removed the compressor. And that's probably because they didn't know what it was. So, 
you know, now they're going to be pretty rough with her and intimidating because they have the power and they don't know, so just in case. So she said she felt really violated and she was uncomfortable and afraid. So time to put the waist trainer back on. But it takes two people to put the trainer back on. So she couldn't do it by herself. And she said she was crying because she was asking for help. The security officer didn't help and blocked her exit, at which point she slightly nudged one of them so that she could call out to her friend for help. She said, I gently touched her arm to guide her out of the way and desperately started crying to my friend for help. And they say the search came back clear. They said they were detaining her for touching the female customs officer and kept her for hours as they filed a complaint. So they say just filing a complaint or a civil or criminal complaint against someone in Dubai triggers a real long legal process. And they say the accused individual is prohibited from leaving the country. Well, why not? They don't they, Ain't no guarantee you coming back. It ain't like you talking about I'm going from Maryland to New York. No, you talking about this was a 10-hour layover, and it takes like quite a few hours to get from here to Dubai. So they're not thinking you coming back. So they say that they've been going through some stuff because they say the local scammers are known for using these type of cases to extort foreigners. Yes, they use it to extort them out of their money, saying they'll drop the case in exchange for thousands of dollars. There was a Texas woman who was detained in Dubai for months after she was accused of yelling her accusers said that she violated the nation's obscenity law and they said she wasn't released until after paying more than a thousand dollars to have the travel ban against her listed. So they have this company in Dubai called Detained in Dubai. Now if you got a whole company called Detained in Dubai tell you that this is a common occurrence. So he says that people could end up detained in Dubai for years on bogus or minor charges. They say on one of his other cases he's working on, a U.S. veteran has been detained in the country for years on what he says are false charges that he owes a debt to his children's school. Wow. So they're really, really, really something else out there. So they say even if this young lady wins her case, six months or more of being forced to stay in a country at her own cost, she's staying in hotels. 
she's moving around from hotel to hotel. It's still being considered imprisonment. Yeah. And it's going to cost up a, 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 a really good piece of money. And they say, this is how they treat their visitors. So you may want to reconsider. Or when you go into these places, you better tow that line, baby, baby, baby. You better make sure you don't do nothing. Okay? Well, you know, we always talk about does the punishment fit the crime? And you know what? They showed this chick crying, and I kind of heard this story when it first happened, but you know what? I'm so sorry for her, and I'm going to tell you why, because listen to this story here. So I don't know if you remember this event planner who pushed this old lady down, this vocal coach, and the lady died. Yeah. Well, this happened last year. So they say that... I want to go to the story of what she did. So they say that this young lady, last March, her and her fiancé were visiting Chelsea Art Gallery, and after drinking several glasses of wine, headed to the Chelsea Park. So after a park employee told them that the park was closed, she cursed, shouted, and threw her food and her fiance and left the park. So already we see she can't hold her liquor, right? So they say she headed towards 28th Street where she spotted this Barbara Gustern. Okay? Now, Miss Barbara, 87 years old, they say was simply walking down the sidewalk when this young lady called her a B, you fell on the bike, and intentionally shoved her down. They say that after she fell or during the fall, she suffered multiple injuries, and they say she entered into a coma and died five days later. They say following the, the shove, she walked away. The woman laid there bleeding. So, yeah. <laughs> they say she stayed in the area about 20 minutes. Then she took the subway back to her apartment in the story of Queens. And once she found out, and her, um, she, she once she got home, she told her fiance that she shoved somebody, and she deleted her social media accounts and took down her wedding website. And she went to Long Island, Paris. So they say when the woman died, when they announced that the woman had died. She ended up turning herself into the authorities. So she ended up being sentenced on last week. 
And here was one of the things that happened that kind of got her a little extra time probably. They say that when she spoke, as the judge was speaking to her, answers were kind of short and she needed to show remorse because, you know, this was one of those cases where the family could speak up and talk about their loss. Well, that the attorney had to nudge her a little bit more. So the judge felt that she wasn't really remorseful enough. And he said that the incident was disgusting and disgraceful. And she took advantage of someone who was vulnerable and elderly. And the woman just walked down the street. And he sentenced her to eight and a half years with post-supervision. Yeah. Post-supervision. She's got five years of supervised release. Release, I'm sorry. So she really thought she wasn't going to get no time. Yeah. She thought that she was going to be one of those that she could just walk off. And maybe she got like maybe a year or two. Yeah, they, they said that she thought she was not going to get as much time as she did. So they show her every single picture. They have definitely caught her with her crying going on. Imagine how this family felt. The woman was 87 years old. She loved to walk. Loved to walk over. She loved to walk around in the city that she loved. Really, really, she got every bit, and she should have gotten even more. But I love the five years post. I love that she's not just gonna do this eight and a half years. She's got to do the eight and a half years too. Yeah, and then she goes for the five years. What well, good for? That's what you get for drinking out of the public and not doing what you need to do. Okay. Oh, let's see if we got time for one more. All right. We haven't talked about something like this in a while. So we have this teen in Michigan. I believe it's a young lady. Yes. It's a 15-year-old high school junior. Out in Michigan, she was in a confrontation with another student. And to the video shows the two students yelling at one another. Well, the teacher started to break up the fight. And when she walked off, she turned her back and walked off, one of the girls threw what are the, the 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 chairs? They say through a desk chair. And the woman, and the, at the woman, and it struck her in the head. They say she fell on the ground and she stayed there for about seven seconds or so. And when the cops came, they found she had head injuries. And she was taken to the hospital. She's recovering now. Both kids were arrested. 
And now the teacher has been released. She expects to return to the school. But they are charging this young lady. Yeah, she's facing felony charges after throwing this metal chair and causing the teacher to be unconscious. Now, I want to know what you think. I want to know what you think. Do you think that, you know, she threw the chair and she really didn't mean no harm and, you know, it just so happened the woman got hit in the head. She didn't intend for her to, you know, go unconscious or really even hit in the head. She was just swinging the chair. And this felony charge is a bit much. She's only 15 years old. Or do you feel, as I always say, the punishment fits the crime? What are you thinking? I'd love to find out. So hit me up. You know how to get this done. Oh, guess what, people? I got a way for you to hit me up now if you want to. I'm going back to, I'm going to let you hear it. Wait, hold on for it. Very uh, common jingle. Let's see if it comes up. There we go. There we go. Oh, my goodness. One of my friends that were missing, I wasn't able to find it. It's been about, wow. Four or five months, if not, I mean, it could be longer than that. But three, four, seven, two, eight, five, seven, 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 seven. I haven't given that number in forever because I couldn't find the phone. So now I can say to hit me up. The number three, four, seven, two, eight, five, seven, seven, seven. Seven. And let me know whether you feel this 15-year-old should, you know, be charged, as, you know, with felony charges. You know what? Kids make mistakes. It was a bad judgment call. And considering that the teacher can go back to work, it's, you know, it's not something that, you know, they should really hold against her. All right? All right. Well, let's talk to our girl to begin. Let's see how she's doing today. Ah, good morning, Tamiko. Monday, Monday morning. Good morning. How are you? Happy October. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Good morning and happy October to you, too. Oh, it was good seeing you. Yes. Well, you as well. Um, well, thank you. You want to say something? Oh, no. I I was just, um, we happened to um, roll back home and just, you know, traveling around, you know, and seeing houses and homes and you know, people are already decorating for, you know, like Christmas. I'm like, wait a minute. Can we, wow. can we get to October? We have-
haven't even gotten to October yeah. yet. This was this was the day before October. We're looking at people with decorations, and I'm like, okay, I'm just, you ready for the end of the year already? Already. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, they they really pushed this Christmas decorating thing much earlier before you could see Halloween, before you could see Thanksgiving. Already, you're looking at the end of the year, so. Yeah, they really push this. They really push this decorating thing. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Talking about driving around, what about this dope who had the dog in the driver's seat? Of all the geniuses I have seen in my life, <laughs> you have taken the, t- the, the cake. Like, I, you don't think about that at all. I mean, who in their right sane mind thinks of something like that, you know? And the only thing that I could think of, you know, even as twisted as it may seem is he needed a designated driver. And most time when we say designated driver, nobody ever thinks dog, but maybe he didn't have a friend, you know, so his best friend was his dog, so he chose his dog to You know, and I looked at the picture. I actually looked at the picture, and the look on the dog's face is like, huh, me? You know, even the dog Ah. was confused. So I'm just like, (laughs) I've never seen anything so crazy. Who thinks of something like that? Like, we are, it it just goes, this is why we need Jesus. I can't even imagine, imagine or phantom driving down the street, and I happen to look to my right, and what in the, a a dog, of all things, a dog. And, And like you said, you don't see any sign of his body. It's not like the dog was sitting on it. You don't see that. You don't see him, you know, the dog laying on his shoulder. You literally see the dog, the full dog in the driver's seat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> when, you, when you look through, when you look through the windshield, you see the big brown dog. And I, I just mm-hmm. said, oh, my gosh, you know, you're driving around, you can't see because if we can't see you, you definitely can't see what's in front of the vehicle. So, you know, people take a lot of stupid chances, a lot of chances. Oh, all right. What else are we talking about? Well, you can talk about either the young lady, 21, who's stuck over in Dubai for touching the people in the airport. Well, the security in there, but let me just say people. You can talk about the event planner who's sentenced to eight and a half years for pushing the old lady down. All right, so I'm going to talk about the genius of an of of an event planner. You know, um, yeah. I don't know what her problem was. You know, um, and people have a tendency all the time to you know legitimize. Oh well, I was drunk and I didn't know what I was thinking and I didn't know what I was doing. Trust and believe. You're not that drunk that you can't focus on what the act that you're committing. You know, um, and it took, I guess, you know, she had to think about it. You know, okay, you're not pushing a normal person down. You you push down a senior. 
you know, and the act of that, you know, you actually had to be in, in, someone actually had to ask you, you know, did the woman die? You know, I am glad that she turned herself in, but like, what was it that made you turn yourself in? Was it the fact that, you know, the, the person asked you, you know, if she died or, you know, is, was there a real act of remorse? What was the purpose? And then my thing, I guess, here's the other thing that people have a tendency to think, you know, and we've seen this plenty of times where an individual will say, oh, well, you know, you should, you should forgive me because I told the truth or I told on myself. That doesn't make it any, any different. You killed this woman. Right. Because of your act, this woman died. You know, had you not pushed her down, you don't know how long she would have lived. She, I mean, for all you know, she could have lived to be 100 years old. You shortened her life. So, yeah, you, you deserve that, you know, and even more. You know, because now we've got family members who now have to grieve the loss of someone that they didn't have to grieve on had you not put your hands on her. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, typical of these people who can't hold their liquor, you know, when they went to the park, she was angry because she was told that the park was closed. Now, here's what I find interesting. Here's what I find interesting. They say that she left the park. She she got mad. She yelled at the people she, who told her that she had to get up, that they had to get out of the park. She threw her food on the fiance. Then she left. Now they say when she pushed the woman down, she stayed in the area for about twenty minutes, and then she went home and told the fiance that she had pushed this woman down. Now, here's the thing. That means he went directly home. You stayed in the vicinity, and then you took the train. He beat you home. So you knew something was wrong because you didn't help the lady up, and you packed up your stuff, and you went, when when they put it on the news, you went and you fled to Long Island. So you knew Something was wrong from the beginning. Well, you ain't got to worry about your anger no more. As Brother Al would say, Big Bertha is waiting for you up in there for eight and a half years. And uh, you, you, you're going to be playing for them five years of supervised release. Yeah, it, it's really bad that, you know, you are so out of sorts. I would love to know if she ever plans to drink again because I know I wouldn't want another drink in my life. I wouldn't want <laughs> another drink. No, man. And that's why I don't drink. Well, that's why I've never drank. Mm-mm. Here's the other thing. The, the fiance, oh, this this is nothing new. The fiance was like, oh, Lord, she's been drinking. She's at the shenanigans. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about yeah. that whole yeah. thing. He was like, oh. I'm not going to be witness to this, you know, and he left. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. you know when you're in a relationship with, with an individual and they're, you know, and I've heard this plenty of times. Oh, they're so sweet. But as soon as they get the liquor, you know, so this is not yeah. something new, you know. Would he yeah. phantom that, that that would happen? You threw your food on me. How am I supposed to? Oh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going home. I'm going home because this, this is, this. I've had enough. And then on top of that, this is how you resolve the issue or your frustration. You take it out on someone who had nothing to do with any of it. 
And then you get there, and you, oh, well, you know, after you turn yourself in, you figure, oh, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I, I told on myself, nope, you still get time. You get rewarded with time. And I was Congratulations. So yep. Yep, I was so glad. That's why I brought up the fact that they say she stayed in the area for 20 minutes then took the train back home to Astoria because he was already there, which means as soon as she started cutting up, he left. Mm-hmm. That's why I brought it up because that means he was like, I'm not staying around her. You know what? Let her go and walk it off. And boy, did she walk it off, huh? That wasn't a good thing. Wasn't a good thing at all. All righty. Well, I want, I'm looking for you to weigh in on this. You have this Michigan uh, high school, 15 years old, in a verbal altercation with the another student, and the teacher tried to break it up. When the teacher walked off, turns her back and walks off, she finds, you know, she finds herself with a chair in the back of her head. With a chair. Well, they, after investing, they now charge this student who threw the chair with a felony charge. Now, you know, when you get hit with a felony charge, a lot of your rights are gone. Can't vote. A lot of jobs don't want to hire you. So, from 15 years old, this is pretty heavy for her. What do you think? about this charge? Do you think that they should have, you know, been a little more lenient, been a little more lenient and, you know, given her a chance because, you know, she didn't intend to hurt this woman or they should hit her exactly the way they did? What do you think? Uh, we we have to, you know, we have to really pay attention to what it is that we're doing. You know, I, was was this young lady thinking when she did it? I, I'm not sure that she thought about the fact that she could, you know, um, literally kill a person. You know, but but here's the thing: you intended to throw the chair, so one way or another, you meant to do bodily harm to me for trying to um, de-escalate the situation. You don't get a pass anymore. These youths are totally different than the youth that we knew. We didn't even think about stuff like that wasn't even heard of. Throwing a chair, you know, throwing a piece of paper, throwing your book bag, something like that was something, you know, we heard all the time. But a whole steel chair, I'm just looking at any chair that I had never sat in in school. You automatically know that that's going to create bodily harm. And the fact that you threw it as a teacher, not even in, in, in with her with her face, you know, you threw it with her back turned. So that that mean, that meant to me that you intended to do her some form of bodily harm, and and you gotta get the, you you have to serve the time. We have to let these youth know that you're not just gonna get a slap on the hand. You actually have to serve time. And when you start realizing that if I do this, then I could serve actual time, then maybe it'll keep them from doing. This is not the first time that we've heard that a youth threw a chair. You know, and if if if. If you know before you do the act that you can actually serve time and even be tried as an adult, then maybe it'll slow you down from doing all those types of things. Yeah, this this is pretty intentional. And I think I, I, I'm, I'm with you on the fact that 
because it was intentional. This was no accident. Because it accidentally rendered her unconscious does not dismiss the fact that you intentionally threw the chair. My my thought is let her serve some time, but do not charge her, you know, with a felony. I think that the, the time that she serves should go on her record. I don't think it should be something that's, you know, sealed. No, no, no. It should be anything that's sealed. I think it needs to go on her record, and she does need to serve some time. And that hopefully will be a wake-up call. But the, because of the ramifications of a felony, um, and she's only 15 years old, I think you would get a pass on that portion right there, but definitely not, you know, the uh, the, the the time that's spent in jail. I think we definitely need to do some jail talk. You'll think again about picking up a chair, anybody. You'll think. I got a comment from our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Lady Tamika. I'm coming back so we can have our topic of conversation. But we have Pastor KL on the phone, and I'd love to hear what he thinks about this decision. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. I am well. Good, good, good. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, how are you weighing in on this 15-year-old fate? Does she get hit with a felony and time? Does she get a pass? because it was an accident. She did not intend for the woman, the teacher, to, you know, get hit in the head, and now she's unconscious. What do you think? Well, well, I have two, two things. First of all, the teacher is lucky, because I'm so old that when I had, when I was in school, the desk was attached to the chair. So if she picked up the desk and the chair... <laughs> She might have been dead right now. You know what I mean? So so, that's one thing. The second thing is, you know, I hear you saying that it was not intentional. Well, if I throw a chair at somebody, it's intentional for me to hit you. And I'm really not caring where I hit you at. I'm I'm not caring where I hit you. In In fact, if I'm that angry, I wanted to knock you out because I'm throwing it with, with such thrust and right, such force right. that, that I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to hit you with this chair. So since it was intentional and premeditated, I, I think it should be a felony. You try to kill me. Okay. 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 I, I, I can get with it. I actually can. I'm not, I don't disagree with you and Lady Tamika. I think she definitely needs to pay the price. Now, whether it's a felony or not, is up to the powers that be. But if she got the felony, I'm not mad. I have to be honest. I'm not I don't I don't disagree. I wouldn't give the felony but I don't disagree because I do agree. It's intentional. It's intentional. Let me see what our listeners have to say. All right. <laughs> well as for the woman who pushed the old lady down the comment is she's going to be in jail long enough to detox from alcohol. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, in regards to the student, says you wanted harm in throwing the chair, but the felony may be excessive, but time must be given. Okay, so for the, the listener, there's on the side of, yeah, you're going to do some time, but the felony might be a little bit too much. But like I said, if if, if she got the felony, I, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I, I think, you know what? When you do that chair with the intent on hurting the teacher, you play Russian roulette with the decision maker. So that's why I can't get mad at either one of your your feelings because or, or disagree, not get mad, but disagree because you threw caution to the wind. When you threw the chair, you threw caution to the wind, and you were saying, well, have at it. I'm going to be your next decision-making uh, project. So guess what? Oh, well, you definitely blew that one. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Pastor KL, Lady Tamika. Oh, our brother Al has just joined us just in enough time to talk about our heads. Now, last week we talked about being alone. No, 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 no. I got got a dilemma. I got got a dilemma that, that showed up on the Internet, and I want to ask you all, and I need you to weigh in on this, my listeners, two and um, three four seven two eight five seven 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 seven. I'm so happy to be able to call that number out. Yay! Three four seven two eight five seven 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 seven. All right. So here's the, the the relationship dilemma, at least for this individual. It may not be a dilemma for you as a listener. It may not be a dilemma for the time crew. So here we go. My best friend and I are getting married during a dual ceremony in two weeks to my fiance and her best friend. So he talks about how they ended up becoming a four, you know, a foursome and getting married together. So they say that there was the talk of the bachelor party by both both brides-to-be and the only they gave the men was that there would be no touching. So, he says, the party started off rather mild, just a bunch of guys hanging out, drinking, and smoking cigars. That was until the strippers arrived. When the woman entered the house, the whole vibe changed. Surprise. Basically, we were all sworn to secrecy because several of the men in the attendance are already. Phones were confiscated and the night festivities continued to escalate until my best friend disappeared into a back room with one of the strippers. I was in disbelief. I had followed the rule we had been given but he was breaking it to the max. The next day, my fiance grilled me about what happened at the party. I was honest for the most part and gave her a detail or two, but I didn't know what to say about my best friend's departure from the living room to indulge in a private party with a strange woman in a back bedroom. She must be reading the guilt on my face for leaving some key details out because she's been nagging me for more information for days on end. 
I don't want to betray my best friend's trust. Feel I have an allegiance to my fiance to continue with the spirit of trust, transparency, and honesty that's kept our relationship strong. Do I uphold, broke hold, and keep my best friend's secret to myself or disclose his dirty deed and risk ruining our relationship forever? You know how to hit me up, listeners. Come on, come on, come on. I want to hear from you. I got two questions. Two questions. One, do you tell? I'm going to go with my brother Al first. Al, do you tell? Good morning. Good morning. Chop of the morning. I said chop of the morning. And first of all, I hate I missed the story about the chair being thrown in the school. We all know what would happen if it was me. But we're going to go on and move forward. <laughs> we, all, we, we all know what would happen. I'd be talking to you right now. Be sound like on a collect call. Because you have a collect call from Brother Al. <laughs> For the collection of the story. But, um... <laughs> But I just had to get that question. Thank you for waiting. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So on that note, um, no, I'm not saying nothing. Like, I mean, he know if he tell his woman, his fiance, she is going to tell. Period. That's juicy news. She gonna be like, what? Oh, let me call my girl. So I'm not saying nothing. Hey, listen, I'm minding my business. That's you. You want to do nonsense and do that? Hey, that's on you. But no, I'm I'm not saying nothing. Okay. All righty. Pastor KL. First of all, it ain't her business. You know, what what, what we did at the bachelor party is what we did. But, I mean, as long as I didn't do nothing wrong, what what, what Al did, you know, that that's, that, that, that's on Al. You know what I mean? Because all, 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 all she's going to do is call Tamika. I, I don't want to be in the middle of that. No, 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 no. Why are you putting me in your nonsense? Because <laughs> you're a, pre- you a predator. You, you used to be a predator. You used to be a predator, too. You used to be a predator, too. the party, if this is something that you can do, then how do I know that 
it's not, you know, like this is not just you revealing to your, to uh, to me that this is not the first, this is not going to be the last, and you're not going to hurt my friend like that, and I'm not going to allow you to do that. You know, I'm not going to allow you to get married now. I got to hear, you know, the, hey, look, I'm being real. You're not going to hurt my friend, and I'm not going to let her do it. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to stand by and watch this foolishness, and then three years down the road, two years down the road, a day down the road, she was like, well, can you tell me where my spouse is? And I'm like, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not covering for you. You're not going to be saying, oh, well, we went out with Tamika. No, sir, no, ma'am. He or she was not with me. You know, nah, because I just feel like <laughs> this is the beginning of chaos. And you're not going to put me in it. Okay. Okay. So, so can, can, right, can, so step, can, I, can, I, can I say something on there? No, go ahead. What you say? You might get ready to say what I was going. Ask me what I was going to say. Ask the question so you can answer. And if you, if it doesn't match with what you said, you can elaborate with what you were going to say. My questions for gotcha. you both are: Do you feel? Do you agree that that's only a preliminary? You are the preview. To who you are, if you if you took that woman in the back room at bachelor party, that's just who you are. You are liable to end up doing this somewhere else down the line. Do you agree with that concept? Absolutely, I, I absolutely agree with that because if you could do that now with a strange woman that you don't know, what happened when you go and mess around and go out somewhere and meet somebody, and then? you know, and, and, and do your nonsense. And it was close to what I was going to say. What I was going to say is the reason why I wouldn't tell, and again, I'm quite sure Pastor Kel might agree with this, that's your best friend, okay? Your best friend, he didn't went in the back, and he didn't went in there with this woman, okay? Your wife or your fiancé know that you and him are best friends. So now you put yourself in trouble because now your girl's going to think, wow, that's his best friend, and they always hang out, so... If he can do it, what makes him won't do it? So now you didn't got yourself in trouble. You didn't put yourself on the on the firing line. Okay, okay, okay. So in other words, if I tell on him, that might put a thought in your head that I might be guilty as well. But I'm just not saying. Right, right. Okay, okay. That, that crosses right. that line. Okay, okay. Pastor KL, do you agree with the concept and the theory that, you know what, if he did that night, somewhere down the line, coming. So I'm just going to tell everybody, I'm going to tell her, out of misery. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with, 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 with that theory. I mean, this was not his first time. This was not his first bachelor party. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's done this before. So, but, but again, it's not my business. You know, what, what, what you do is what you do is not my business. You know, just, just to uh, Brother Al's point, you know, sometimes we just guilty by association. So, so why, should I, why should I infuse myself with unnecessary arguments about something I'm not doing because Al keeps doing it? No, I'm not going to do that. Okay, okay. Well, I have another question. Would you want to be told? Brother Al, I'm going to hit you first. Would you like to be to have been told if this was, if you were the one at home 
and the the uh, the fiance had her bachelorette party or be a bridal shower, however you say it, and you know somebody knew the girlfriend knew. Would you have expected to be told? I mean, yes, I, I would want to know because I would like to know what I'm getting into, but I do respect, I would respect that she didn't tell me. But, of course, I would want to know because I said, okay, now, I need to know this before we move further. But if, you know, if she felt like well, I say nothing, such and such, I would respect that, though. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Pastor KL, would you want to be told? Yeah, I, I think all information sometimes could be good information. But again, um, if if see no evil, you know, hear no evil, I'm fine. If if I don't see it, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Now, because eventually, listen, what happens is the dark is gonna come to light anyway. So eventually, it's, it's gonna come to light. You know, so I, I can wait it out. Okay. Okay. I don't want to wait it out. I need to know okay. so I can sign up have a prenup ready. <laughs> so Tamika, I would take it that you would want to be told. Yeah, I would want to be told. Don't don't have me go through all of this and you knew because then at that point now I'm looking at you suspect like you knew. All this time you knew and you did nothing. You didn't say anything. You know, it makes me not only question, you know, the relationship if I if I go through without knowing, but then the fact that I know now that you knew and you knew from the beginning. You know, that's an even deeper cut to me. That that's putting salt inside the wound. All right. Well, I have another negative question, and one of you uh, walked, uh, Pastor Kale walked into it. So you don't find out. Nobody tells. And it's six, seven years down the line. Does it make a difference now? Brother Al. Um, six, seven years down the line now. I would say yes. Because it's like you, you didn't put up this front for six, seven years. And now I'm seeing like, wow, that that's what you did to your bachelorette party? This, this is what we're doing? So I, I think that definitely will put a, a damper on, on our relationship. Now, now I'm thinking different. Now my mind running like, okay, how I many other times you've done it without me knowing? So, yeah, that, that's still going to cross the issue for me. So even if there's been no ripples in the water, this has been six or seven years, everything's going well, she's never spent the night out, she's never been late, nothing's ever happened. Is that still your thought? Yeah, that, that's still my thought because you, you, you started up from the very beginning. Like, it's like, you know, that, that's still, I, I mean, it's six, seven years, I think, if that's the only thing that you did. I'm sorry, I needed the phone with this crazy motorcycle was going by. Um, I, I think if, if, uh, you know, okay, it's been six, seven years, and now I'm just fine now. You've done nothing else or done like that. It would cause an issue, but I think that we would be able to get past it. I think that's what we would be able to get past it. Okay. Okay. 
Oh, Pastor KL, six or seven years down the line, it's been a blissful run, no glitches, no nothing. What happens when this comes out? Well, well, I think if 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 it's me, you know, as long as I didn't pop up with no seven year old child, I think we should be all right. We, we should work it out. The child is uh, seven, and I come up and say, "Oh, by the way, I'm not Uncle KL. I'm actually Daddy." You know what I mean? You know, that's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah, that's the shoes on the opposite foot. Well, the shoes on the opposite foot, we get into. Yeah, we have to find a new foot. Because um, <laughs> that ain't going to work out too well. We're going to get divorced. Seven years down the line, nothing's going wrong. You're divorcing? Yeah, 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 yeah. We like to get a new foot. Because you've been doing this for seven years. I, I, obviously, I, I'm, I'm blind. You know what I mean? So I blame myself. I'm not going to really blame you because I should have caught it a long time ago. But, yeah, it, it, we done. Because you say seven years. You've been doing this for seven years. Seven years. But so you've been living a double anything. life for seven years. I'm sorry? She hasn't done, any, she hasn't done anything. It's, it's been no Which? bumps in the road, no, glitch, no glitches. She only had that. At the bachelorette party, not that she's been dating for seven years. It, it's gonna take a lot of prayer and supplication. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm probably gonna have to back <laughs> up a little while.
one isolated incident that has never happened again, and I've never seen any signs. I've never, you know, I've never, you know, walked past your cell phone and seen a text message or, you know, picked up the computer and actually, you know, accidentally chanced upon something that you were there with literally no signs. You know, so I have to be able to let you go. I can't keep harboring this. And every time, you know, something happens or you happen to look away and somebody just happens to be walking and it just happened to be a female. She made a sound. You weren't really following her. She just happened to be moving and she caught your eye. You know, I can't keep bringing that forward from something that happened. One little isolated, isolated incident. I'm going to have to ask the Lord to allow me to heal so that I don't keep bringing it before you you know that was one incident i found out about it years later and i've got to allow the lord to heal me okay okay i mean it's nice to hear that as long as you didn't bring home a (laughs) 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 seven-year-old that's a souvenir Okay, I'm going to the best. They're having the best party for us. You know, we don't know what they have planned, but there'll be no touching. And, and we commit to there's no touching. And then, excuse me, six, seven years down the line, it comes out more than touching. You know, it, it says a lot for to be forgiven, but I need to be forgiving. I think a lot of relationships experience this where, you know, if the tables were turned, I I wouldn't want you to throw me away because, you know, how do we know that they weren't remorseful? How do we know that 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 didn't make them feel like the worst thing in the world, but yet I didn't tell it. You know what, that was one time before we got married. We were not married yet. I would never, you know, just just to know that I, you know, violated her trust, you know, I'm not going to ever do that again because I, I can't even sleep at night, you know. It, but I ain't telling. <laughs> I ain't saying a word. But, you know, so I, I think there's a lot to be oh. said for... Who's talking? Hey, you... Talk. No, no, I'm sorry. That was me, Pastor. But you know, when you, when you think of it, um, when you look at it too, it makes it hard too because you don't know this person from Adam. You don't know nothing about this person. All you know is that this person is a stripper, and you slept with him, him or her. So it's like, wow, what kind of morals you got? You know, you just you because of the day you just said I'm gonna do it. You don't know nothing about this person. You probably don't even know the person's name. So you know, that's also you know a factor in there as well. And and you probably don't want to know their name because this is now going to be a permanent connection. I have a question for you all. Do you tell, okay, so you know you made this vow to your 
intended bridal groom. Do you tell the person that's holding the bachelor or the bachelorette party, listen, do me a favor, just don't go there. You can do whatever you want to do, but don't bring no strippers. Or do you, or do you turn the deaf, the blind eye and say, listen, I, I, I'm not saying what they can or cannot do. I'm just going to throw caution to the wind because I'm sure when, you know, it's, it, it, let me say it like this. Probably when he made the vow, he was intended on keeping the vow. But then we, should we take precautions to make sure this doesn't happen? Brother Al. Um, okay. Um, you know what? Yes. I mean, I've, I've done that. I've, I've been to a bachelor party and a friend of mine and I've seen him getting a little frisky with the stripper and I was like, bro, it ain't working, man. Don't do that. And he's like, ah, man, I ain't gonna do that. I said, listen, I see how things go, bro. I said, I'm telling you, I said, my advice to you, bro, is don't do it. Don't start off on the wrong foot. So, you know, if you're a true friend or you're the one that's throwing the bachelor party or bachelor party, I think you, you should. You should tell them. I didn't, I didn't want no bachelor party. I told my people from the job, I don't want no bachelor party. And one of my friends, because I know he's wild, he's like, oh, but you ain't got no say-so. I said, yeah, but I had to say-so to show up or not. So how you like them dead apples? <laughs> well, wow. I think you should say something. That's your friend. Like, yeah, because I'm telling you, it, 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 they get crazy. And I got a crazy friend who ain't saved. <laughs> he was like, yo, we going to do this with so the basketball. I said, ain't nothing up with it. I don't want one. Oh, you ain't got no say-so. I said, but you going to make me come? I don't have to come. So that ain't going to happen. But I think that you should say something. You know, like I did. I told my friend, that, you know, it's up to you, but I'm telling you, don't start off on the wrong foot, bro. Don't do that. Okay, okay, okay. Pass the KL. You know, you know you're getting married and your friends are going to throw you this bachelor party and you know what they have in mind, pretty much. For some reason, this is the thing to do. This is your last hoorah. And do you tell them? Don't even bother. I'm not going to indulge. I don't want it around me. Please don't do this. Should you tell them? Yeah, I, I believe so because, you know, listen, let's be honest with you, with, with each other. All of our friends are not saved. The bachelor party, we're not going to walk through the door and we go here, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. We're not going to be hearing those kind of songs. That, 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 we're not, we not dropping as hot to Kirk Franklin is all I'm trying to say. You know, some folks are going to try to see if they got good knees. You know, we old, we ain't got no good knees, but they're going to try to see it. And then, you know, somebody is going to have communion on a Friday night, you know, and they might have a little too much of the wine. So, so yeah, it, it, it might go the wrong way. So you can have pure intentions because you know you don't drink and this, you know, you're just enjoying the fellas. But some of the fellas ain't enjoying you. <laughs> they ain't enjoying everything else. Okay, okay. Well, Tamika, what do you think? You know, you, you have some girls and, you know, there's a potential of you possibly going down the rabbit hole and you just, I don't think we're going to do this. Do you think you should tell your girlfriend, listen, don't plan it. Don't even bother. 
I think you as the the bride, you know, to be, um, you have a right to say what you do and don't want, you know. Um, I will be honest. I was actually, um, I had no idea that they were actually planning a surprise bridal party. The um, A group of young ladies that um, I work out with and we are, you know, established in real good, you know, um, we work out together with we're, we're real good alliances and good friendships that we have um, sheltered along the years. They kind of ambushed me. I didn't even know where I was going, you know, and they had, you know, a very tasteful, delightful party. We enjoyed ourselves. We had a good time, you know, but they know me, you know, and there are some things that you can establish beforehand. Hey, listen, we, we're not going to have that. We're not going to do that. You know, this is what I don't want, you know, so that that doesn't you know, happen because you you all have. We've already said it. It's been said twice. You know, everybody <laughs> doesn't have the same ideal of what a bride, you know, what a bachelorette or what a bachelor party should be like. So they plan according to what their thoughts are. But if you if you have clearly said and established, listen, I don't want this, then they have the right to do that. And then not only that, even if you get there and you see that they're doing something that you don't like and that you don't want, you have a right to say, listen, I'm not doing this. I'm walking out, you know, so that you don't put yourself in an area that you don't want to be in and then have to be remorseful about it. If you're not placed in it, then you don't have to deal with it later. There's no repercussion. Right, right, right. Okay, all right. Well, thank you, do time crew. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. We pray and thank you for your contribution into today's conversation. We pray that you have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Well, it's what I like to call the top of the hour. And you know what happens now. We get that switch with Shanti. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That's good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. What you got for us today? And today I have the switch with Shanti, where we make the switch from the street to our godly seat, and our switch tip 165 is take initiative. And the definition of initiative is the power or opportunity to act or take charge before others do. And for the most part, you know, when we hear initiative, a lot of times we hear it in the work field when we think about, you know, developing our careers and, you know, being on the job sites and especially if you're going for that promotion or for that bonus, it's like, okay, I need to take initiative, you know, in this area or with this these job duties or if I see that these tasks need to be done, you know, instead of waiting for the supervisor or the manager or the owner to ask me or someone else to do it, let me just try to do it myself, hoping that they'll see that I didn't just wait around um, for it to be done. Um, but that I actually get it, and in doing so, that'll get me this promotion or more money, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Jesus brings up taking initiative in our everyday life. Luke six thirty one message version reads, 
Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. And I read this verse for the first time a few years ago, and when I read it, I was just like, wow. Okay, so I actually bypassed the first thing to do, which is ask yourself what you want people to do for you, and I immediately just focus on the then grab the initiative and do it for them. And, of course, when you think about that part, well, when I thought about that part, you know, it's okay, just do good, you know, be there for people, so on and so forth. But when I reread it for, like, the 80th time again earlier this morning, I was like, wow, God, I didn't really sit and take the time to not just ask myself, but to ask you, because you know me better than I know me, ask you, what is it that I want people to do for me? Because I may want people to do things for me that they ain't got no business doing. You know, I may want people to do things for me that may not be that important maybe right now in this season where it may be things that people should do, but right now isn't the time. And now I'm taking initiative on those things. But one of the words that I focused on this morning was behavior. And I pulled up the definition for that, of course. And behavior is the way in which a person acts in response to a particular situation or thing that awakens activity or energy in someone or something. So when Jesus says, here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior, he's saying, here is a simple, simple, like there's nothing difficult about it. Here is a simple rule of thumb for the way in which you should act in response to a situation or thing that awakens activity or energy in you. And that reminds me of Matthew 525 message version. And when I read it for the first time, and I believe I brought this verse up in another switch tip, I was just like, Jesus, you've got to be kidding me. Matthew 525 message version reads, or say you're out on the street and an old enemy across you. Don't lose a minute. Make the first move. Make things right with him. After all, if you leave the first move to him, knowing his track record, you're likely to end up in court, maybe even jail. So Jesus is really molding us into making sure that we utilize the power that he has given us, utilizing the opportunities that he has given us to take charge and do things before other people because he already knows. We already know. Listen, it's difficult for us to behave properly and we're in the Lord. Just think about the people who are not in the Lord. What are we really expecting them to do? Are we really expecting them to do the noble thing, you know, the right thing? No. No, A lot of times we have to keep reminding ourselves of what the noble and the right thing to do. So Jesus is really honest about our daily behavior. Luke 6, 32-34, message version. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? One of the male sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect the medal? Garden variety sinners do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stingiest of porn brokers does that. Meaning, listen, when God says take the initiative, when, when they ask us, when God and Jesus ask us to do stuff, it's just like, okay, I know this is something that on my own <laughs> I would not do because it's not comfortable. It's not the thing that always comes automatic, you know, especially when you're talking about 
people who have done you wrong or people that on your own you just wouldn't be, you know, dealing with, even if they didn't do anything to you. But pretty much these verses say don't take the easy way out. Sinners, sinners do this. You know, sinners do, you know, they, they, they love the, the people that's easy to love. You know, they do things for the people that's easy to do things for. Anyone can do that. Verse 35, message version, I tell you, love your enemies and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. And every time I think about when I've done something I had no business doing, or now that I've been really focusing more on my actions, my thoughts have been booked. Wow, and I don't know if it's because I haven't literally been physically acting out. <laughs> so now it's just like been consumed with like acting them out in my thoughts. And my thoughts have been caught. I'm like, God, I don't know if I should commit myself. It, it, it's just been crazy. But again, this is who I am the real me, the new me, the glorious me, my God created identity. I have to make sure that I am treating others the way God treats me even when I'm at my worst he makes sure that his behavior towards me is on point so I need to take the initiative and do that with others when I was reading this y'all please take the time later on today read Luke 6 in the message version the whole chapter because it is crazy but when reading that I came across two ways where it prevents us from being from taking the initiative initiative prevention the first one, criticism, the expression of disapproval of someone or something based on perceived faults or mistakes. And I had to admit to God and Jesus late last night that I don't know what's been going on, but I have been criticizing a lot, even with myself. And it has now rolled over into, even when I'm watching TV, even, you know, if I'm listening to something, if I'm speaking to people or when people speak to me, it's like I've just been in this whole cycle of criticizing. So Luke 6, verse 37, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people you'll find life a lot easier. And if I'm supposed to be using the power that God has given me and taking the opportunity to act and take charge before others do, I, I don't have time to criticize because then I, I'm going to jump on stuff before they do it, right? I'm going to jump on being able to jump on their failures, uh, pick on them, analyze their faults, even if I'm talking to them because, see, I ain't got a problem talking to you about your, your, your fault. But that doesn't make it any better. Okay, the second initiative prevention, pride, self-worship, and improper and excessive self-esteem known as conceit or arrogance. And again, Luke 6, verse 42, do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this, I know better than you mentality again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your own part. Wipe that ugly smear off your own face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. And when we decide to say yes to God and his will and his way for us, 
there is a high level of elevation that takes place daily. So, yes, we be, we're able to see with a new set of eyes, able to hear with a new set of ears. We're able to analyze things a lot differently than the average person. With that being said, it is not for us to now take that gift, that ability, and now use it to be prideful, to now worship ourselves and think that we've arrived and we haven't made. So we need to make sure we're making a switch from criticizing, from being prideful, making sure that we're taking the initiative to behave the way God needs us to, not just on our jobs because, you know, there's a benefit from it, but when we adapt this into our everyday life, the benefit that we gain of course, the eternal gift, being able to be with God and Jesus in the end when they wrap all of this up. It reminds us of why we need to make sure we take the initiative so that we can behave the way God and Jesus behave. Thank you, Pastor Seth. Thank you, Shanti. Thank you so much. We thank you for your contribution, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. All right. All right, let's get that benediction. May you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. That's Second Peter 3, verse 18. Mm. Wow. You know... <laughs> Take the initiative to take the initiative to actually be on the good side of integrity. Make sure your integrity is intact. And pretty much that's what you know we talked about today. It's easy to let things fall where they may. You know, I gave my word that I would not indulge. The question that I have is, do you have that little control that you can keep your word? And that, that's one of the things that really just kept going through my mind. You intended to go there without indulging. And you made the commitment that you wouldn't. At what point do we... At what point do we keep our word and what we said holds more than our loins? Well, you know, I just couldn't help it. Not only did you violate I'm not going to touch, but you even went all the way out. You didn't secluded yourself in a room because if you needed to go that far, really were doing something that couldn't be seen. You know, you didn't just touch. You were doing a whole lot more than touching. And, you know, if anyone 
guess as to, you know, what that anything was. I mean, anything could literally be that. Anything. So my question was, as everybody was talking, I'm like, well, are you that, are you doing that bad that this one night you just could not hold yourself together? I mean, is it just that bad for you? Then my question is, is marriage, are you ready? Are you ready for marriage if you can't even keep yourself together through what, a few hours? So so so-and-so walks in the room, she's wearing pretty much nothing, as they say, you don't know her name, you don't know your her number, you don't know what is going on with her body. And now you're indulging. You have no self control. That makes me that makes me concerned about going forward with you. Because if you have that little control, then what happens later? Like, I think it was Brother Al who said, you know, when you get to know a person, you know, you have, I have a coworker, And, you know, I, I had a conversation with the guys in the church one day. And, you know, we were talking about just the things that women do. And we talked about, and somebody said something about, well, you know, she brought me lunch. And I said, so? And he says, well, you know, I can't eat it. I said, no. What, you, you don't have any other food other than the lunch she brought to the job? But she, you know, she said she had extra. So it was like it, it just, and the, and, and the table, it was just, they were just oblivious. And I'm like, do you realize that if you don't start it, it doesn't continue? I said, No. Take from no, I don't care how nice she is, and you know she had extra, and no, 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 you know because to you, this is just a that you know is is a nice gesture. You're looking at the big picture, and that's I'm bringing that in because I'm saying that as you know to the individual who. For a few hours during this bachelor party, you can't keep yourself under control. That your eyes and your 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 your, your crotch is just so out of control that it doesn't even matter that you've made a vow. You're about to go make a vow in 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 over the next day, couple of days whatever it is, are those vows going to be any different than the vow you made to not indulge during the bachelor party? I personally think that that was a good gauge as to whether you would be vow, you know, committed. (laughs) You know, the guy says, let your yeas be yeas, let your nays be nays. And my, my thought is, 
if you can't get through one vow, how are you getting through several? How, how is this happening? Why should that need to be a concern for either one of you, whether it's a bachelorette party or a bachelor party? Why does this have to be a concern to either one of you? Now, listen, you know you. That's why I said, you know, I, I did ask the question, you know, should you just go ahead and be honest and tell the people that are giving you a, part, a bachelor party, a bridal shower, don't do this, don't, don't even bother. You know, I'm trying to get myself together and keep myself together. I'm not trying to go into my new relationship with an issue. So, you know what, hold on on You know, I'm at, in a matter of a week, I'll be able to do whatever I want to do with my husband or my wife. We'll be able to you know, indulge. But I'm not going to put myself out there to the temptation. You know, the Bible tells us that there is no temptation that is uncommon to man, but that God would not give a way out. There you have it. There you have it. God ain't failing you. There's always an opportunity for you to say no. And when you know that your people are pretty much going to plan you a shower, I don't care how much of a surprise it may be, you pretty much know that they're going to do something for you. There's been very few brides and to be and grooms to be who their people will not get together and give them something. I don't care how much of a surprise they call it. They, you know something's coming down the pipeline. Even if it's just a couple of girls, you know, like, like uh, Tamika said, you know, who are just getting together, just chilling, you know, we're just going to, you know, talk and chat and, you know, do whatever. But something's coming. You may not, you just don't know when. If you know who you are and what you're capable of, then you better err on the side of caution and let God give you that way out and just tell them, no, thank you, because I know how I am. And it's not only for men. It's for women. So, you know, do what you need to do. Don't get your journey into this marriage started off on the wrong foot. Because it may have been your intent not to do anything. But were you really up to the challenge? <laughs> you got to ask yourself, if you love chocolate, you going to put yourself in the room of the chocolate factory? Come on. Let's make smarter decisions. All right? Err on the side of the Lord. Enough said. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, because they will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Due Time crew for always coming to Big Time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us in the conversation. Please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to the Lord right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to just strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. 
Until tomorrow, God says, where's let's talk about it Tuesday, church folks day. Until then, I love you.